Uh, that would have been really good to uh, record. Welcome to another episode of Honest Conversations with Alex Cubis. Donnie just asked me right before I hit the record button, what are we talking about today? Um, well, I'm sitting with, why don't you introduce yourself first? Hello, my name is Donnie Boaz. Uh, we are sitting in an apartment in Hollywood. It's very nicely decorated. Donnie was giving me the background. Uh, you haven't listened to any of the other episodes. I have not. I wouldn't expect you to. It's probably makes for the best. So I start my interviews off with the same questions. I think I feel I need, I want, and answer them as honestly as possible in the moment. Okay. What's going on right now? I think I feel I need, I want. Wow. I think, uh, I find myself lately being anxious, and I hate that feeling. It's, you think uh, anxious? You feel anxious right now? Uh, yeah, I okay. feel anxious. So, and I think they all kind of intertwine with the jobs. Like, what's next? What am I going to do next? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, you, I think I feel I need, I want. I'm usually thinking about the next job. I usually feel anxious thinking about the next job. Um, I want to not be anxious. <laughs> uh, I, I want to be um, content. Um, and yeah. life. And I need? I need a job. Okay. <laughs> I've interviewed other actors before I, and they've said the same thing. I like that. I like uh, I like that. When was the last time you were on set? January. Okay. I was working on Chicago Justice up in Chicago. Oh, sweet. It's a nice little run up there. It was there about 14 days. I think the warmest day up there was like 16 degrees. It was right. so cold. That still lost on me a little bit because of the... Uh, Oh, conversion it's Celsius yeah. in Australia but still that does sound really that does I can imagine that's very cold it's close to zero yeah <laughs> yeah um and what's been the longest time in between jobs for you since like from the day that you were a professional that you called yourself a professional actor what's been the biggest gap I feel like right now right like now January to what we just hit May okay so, yeah four that's months not, is not very really long, for me that's a long time right um, I feel like I'm my happiest when I'm on set. I'm yeah. Probably I feel like even the the better me, uh, I like me more when I'm on set. I feel like when I'm not on set, the I'm, best I'm, version of yourself. When yeah, you're on I set. feel like I'm anxious. I feel like I'm. Okay. What do I do? What do I do? Go play volleyball four times a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you, I read that you never aspired to be an actor as a kid, and you found it through modeling. Is that accurate? That is accurate. And you just you auditioned first audition you booked it mm-hmm. why do you think it happened that easily for you i think that i looked like this character like a, an acting agent walked up and asked if i'd ever done any acting and i said no i hadn't and she said well, i think you this was in the modeling agency like in this acting, was in a modeling the acting had, agent in the modeling yeah, agent right? i was just going in there to see my modeling agent acting agent just stop me mid-tracks have you ever done any acting i was like Played a robot in sixth grade school play, and you gave that answer, in and she said, yeah. "No, uh, that doesn't count." But um, I went into this audition, and what I think back on it is, I had no fear. I, I didn't okay. know that you're supposed to be nervous or anxious, or I mean, I, I had, supposed to be, you yeah, have to be, yeah, at all. Exactly. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just had to say one line: 0.78 miles, full speed, sir. That was good. Do it again. Said it again. He said, "Are you willing to shave your head?" And I said, "Yeah." And so I ended up booking that one. How long ago was that? That was 2003, Okay, 14 years ago. Yeah, right. And, prob- and you haven't been out of work for longer than four months since then. Mm-hmm. Wow. What, what do you attribute that to? Hustle. Okay. And what's your version of hustling? I moved out here to Los Angeles in 2005, and I probably had, in that two-year span, probably about six, seven credits. Um, I went to New York. Work so on you my- were in Texas? I was in Texas. Yep. 
And, um, and what brought you out to LA? I wanted to be an actor. Okay, so you just wanted to keep doing. Yeah, I, I like thought that I, moved to a I'd already hit a plateau somewhat in the whole two years I'd been acting there, and I came out here and I realized quickly that I was a, a minnow in an ocean. I mean, I, I didn't even know how to get doors to open here, and I had a, an agent here, but I don't think I went on one casting. Wow. I went back to Texas fairly quick, probably within four months with my tail in between my legs. Okay. Like I didn't make the right choice here. And ended up getting detoured. I went and started modeling again. I lived in Europe for about six, seven months. And when I wrapped up that duration, I knew then what I wanted. There was no more playing around. I want to be a model, stop wandering the world. I wanted to be an actor. How old were you? I was about 26, 27. And do you remember a crystal clear moment when that happened, or it was a gradual process? Of... I'm going to say it was uh, crystal clear. Okay. Uh, when I left Los Angeles, I learned the valuable lesson. Don't wait on other people to make it happen. You make it happen yourself. Okay. And so I think Texas is one of the best markets in the world to get started because it was the number one independent film market at the time, mm. especially Austin, Texas. And you didn't, need, we get, you didn't need to be... You didn't need to have an agent if you wanted to work because oh. they have uh, different formats that you can just hustle yourself. They have Austin Film Casting, Dallas Film Casting, Houston Film Casting, uh, mm. Texas Short Films. And so I was probably sending off 20 submissions a week. I wanted to be an actor, and I did anything and everything I could get my hands on from free films, student films, feature films, whatever, commercials, whatever I can get my hands on. And before I knew it, within two years, I'd already racked up an additional 20 credits. Mm -hmm. So my agent's like, I think that you've hit the plateau here in Texas. It's time for you to go try L.A. again. And I did. I moved back out here in 2009. Oh, so you, acting in Texas, mm -hmm. model, came out to L.A., mm -hmm. modeled in Europe, then went back to Texas, and then came back to L.A. Yep. So that's over like a four-year... About three years. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. 2006 to nine. I left. I was here in five and then came back again in nine. And when I was back here in 2009, I ended up booking eight projects, uh, six of them shot in Texas or Louisiana. <laughs> Yeah, so right. I went right back All there. in that year. Yeah. Yeah. All to film that. And uh, Do you think you're a really good actor? Or do you think you're just a good auditionee? Great question. Um, I watch Entourage. I think Entourage is good for actors to yeah. watch. And yeah. as big as he was, his agent's like, you're still a shitty actor. Mm. I mean, how arrogant is it of me to say whether I'm a good actor or not? I've had actresses on set... You know, I'm a really good actress, right? And I'm like, thanks for telling me. Actresses have said that? Or <laughs> yeah, an actress okay. said that to me. And, uh, wow, that's... <laughs> I, I put what did you say to her in that moment? I was like, oh, yeah, I know. If you could have said, if you could have been completely honest with her, what would you have said? You've only done one thing, Charles in charge. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'll probably, after the, after the podcast is finished recording, I'll ask you who that person is. Uh, I just um, gave it away. <laughs> She's probably the only person still acting from Charles in charge. Right. Um... But I put actors in two separate categories, mm -hmm. uh, people that play themselves really well, mm -hmm. and then other people that have unlimited range. And Denzel Washington, an amazing actor, mm -hmm. but he plays Denzel really well. Julia Roberts plays mm -hmm. Julia Roberts. That's why the movie stars. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then you have the other side of it, a, a Philip Seymour Hoffman, who never gave you the same thing twice. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis never gives you... I mean, Tom Hanks can play Tom Hanks really well, but then he has a range that he... Do you mean range of characters as opposed to... Yes. So the person that plays themselves really well has a range of emotions that they can access. Have you ever seen Denzel Washington be outside of Denzel Washington? Not especially. Or even yes. Samuel L. Jackson. The best I'd seen Samuel L. Jackson was Django. 
stepping yeah. outside of Samuel L. Jackson, Snakes yeah. on the Plane kind of guy. Because yeah, yeah, I always yeah. get that Samuel L. Jackson. Uh-huh. And so I don't know if I am the guy that has the range. I think I play myself well. And uh, I fit a role and uh, hopefully do my job well. Cool. I have over 100 film credits and TV credits. So I- I've been doing something right. Yeah. But that's no longer the goal is the amount of credits because I don't care about the amount of credits. I want a hundred episodes of the same TV show. Right. I want a longevity of a career and a more of financial freedom because this yeah. is such a job of um, feast or famine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go from the point of, okay, I've got six figures in a bank account to, oh shit, can I pay my cell phone bill? Mm-hmm. And that ups and downs. And that's what I hear from, I guess, uh, people that have other professions. Like, I don't know how you do your job because I like the consistency of a paycheck, knowing a paycheck is coming in. With this job, you don't really have that unless you have a nine-to-five outside. Right. Another thing my mother says, she goes, I don't know how you do your job. You get rejected for a living. Like, you get told no 90% of the time. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Why don't people like me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't work for the no's, Ma. I work for the yeses because that yes is worth it. Yeah. So, So, I've got a lot of questions running through my head. Um, So... Do you do you actually? This is the, what I want to ask you at the beginning. Um, do you want to win an Oscar? Do you care about winning an Oscar or a major awards? And at what point did you ever have that dream? And then has it sort of subsided? I have told myself in the past I'd be fine with an MTV Moonman <laughs> Award, <laughs> Best Kiss or something. Yeah, um, that's not something that I've really uh, aspired for. Mm-hmm. I would like to be recognized on that on that stage. Even being nominated would is is an honor. Um, I, I like to, that, that hasn't ever been a, a goal, mm-hmm. but really, I, I like to create. I think the world that I'm in right now, just beyond acting is, uh, creating. I've started producing some films over the last three or four years and really what I bring to the table is who I know. I mean, my phone is a Rolodex of actors, actresses, crew, directors, DP, whatever you need. I've probably got it in my phone and I can just, what I could bring in people mm-hmm. to a set. I mean, I've met with a director before and he hired me. He's like, you're my guy. I was like, so who else is attached? He's like, right now it's me and you. <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> and he didn't have the resources there in Texas. And uh, so I had just wrapped another film and I transplanted that entire crew from one film over to this film. Ended up doing about 90% of the casting on it. Uh, that's nice. You can always cast your friends. Mm. And um, so I really enjoyed that process of being from right out the gate creating. Do you find it easy for people to do favors for you? Yeah. Or not favors? And, and do you think that that's just... Um, Everybody just in my nice job point. wants the same thing. They want to work. Yeah, And right. so it wasn't hard at all to, to transplant to an entire crew to this. Because just like actors, they're looking for their next job. Yeah. Just the same. Um, but you, you'll you find those actors that, that feel like they've become too big and then it's hard, like, okay, what do you want me to work on now? Mm. And it's like, well, it's a $12 million budget. Oh, okay, yeah, let's yeah, do that. Right. So that people follow the money, and I understand that. I mean, I've had people contact me, and it's just you have to progress in your career. You can't yeah. take steps backwards. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't help anyone. Have you, in addition to, so you didn't, you held back, or I guess there was, wasn't really the, the time and place to tell that actress before who said that you claim to be a good actress when you mentioned that some actors might get too big of a head have you ever been the one to tell them to i guess cut them down a few bring them back down to no, down to earth no that's not my place 
Why do you um, think not? Like, do you have a candle? Like, I get the sense that you do. Um, and I, the theory that I've sort of discussed in this podcast so far is that a brazen honesty and expressing what's on your mind as honestly or as authentically as possible is a reason for a person having a unique creative spark. Yeah. Um, so I would say with that example yeah. alone, this girl telling me before we've even started filming day one, you, mm. you know, I'm a really good actress, right? I'm, I'm like really good. And I just looked at her and go, oh yeah, okay. I don't think I would have ever taken her down a couple pegs mm. because we're about to start filming the movie. Sure. We're on day one. Yeah. I need her confidence level to be at its highest place. And yeah. If she needs to yeah. believe that she's the greatest actress in the world. And that's by all means. That's screaming insecurity there too. I oh, I, I believe so. Yeah. Now, there's an actor that I've um, been able to hire on films about eight times. Wow. Um, Films that you've produced. That uh, I've either been the lead actor on or I've been producing. Uh, okay. His name's Johnny Walter. He lives here in Los Angeles. He's, um, I met him in Texas. I ended up, the way I met him is I lost a rollout to him. I had three callbacks for this uh, movie called Blood Boys or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get three callbacks, usually I book it. Mm. And it went the other way and I'm like, who the hell is this Johnny Walters guy? Mm-hmm. I ended up meeting him. I was like, okay. How did you it. meet? Did you reach out to him? Because we were on of another that? casting, and a friend oh, okay. I had a mutual friend that had been wanting to introduce us before yeah. this even casting. I, had, I just type, heard his and, name. Right. He's uh, my height. He's uh, okay. six three, dark hair, green eyes. He's a really good bad guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually don't book the bad guys. I'm usually Prince Charming, football player, whatever. And he plays a, a good protagonist. Um, I met him, and a lot of the guys they were wanting to cast opposite of me is to be your bad guy. They were like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and it's just not convincing. So mm-hmm. he ended up just fit, filling in these roles several times at that. And uh, there was a somebody asked us, so who's the better actor? And Johnny immediately's like, of course, he said he was. And he goes, what do you think? Right while you were there. Of course, of course. And I was like, that's exactly what I expect him to say. Yeah. And he goes, you think you're a better actor? I was like, I know I am. Because I have to know that I am. You, the number one part of this job is your confidence. Your confidence. Now, it's, it, it could be to the point of arrogance to being a nepotist. I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Narcissist. You ha- narcissist. Yeah. You yeah. have to know that you know that you know. And that's what I tell young actors. When you step into that audition, you know that you're the best person. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen the other side, the ones that don't know, mm. and you, you see their hands shaking mm. like their chihuahuas in a casting or mm. the paper is shaking and they're sweating from every pore of their body. I don't believe you. And if, yeah. if I don't believe you, it means you don't believe you. Yeah. And I need somebody to walk in knowing they are the best person for the job. Mm-hmm. And it took me a little while to get there. Uh, I remember the days of first 50 castings after that first five or six, and then you start putting the pressure yeah. on yourself that I'm shaking. I'm like, why am I shaking? Um, and then you get to a point of just being confident with the work and the material. And uh, so he was shocked that I said that I was a better actor. I wasn't shocked that he said that he was a better actor, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met people in different facets of life, uh, hairstylists are the most cocky yeah, they people are. because like I am the greatest hairstylist in the yeah. world. It's like I've met They're seven. also like the gossip central on set, so they, they yes. know everything. Yes. Yeah. But I've probably met seven thousand hairstylists in my yeah. life. So how are they all the best? In um interior designers, they know they're the best. Uh-huh. And so that confidence, lawyers even, I've met lawyers, I am the best. Uh-huh. That that confidence is something I feel like you have to have to be successful at what you're doing. And it could be completely out of left field, wrong 
but it's something they have to feed themselves. Have you ever seen an actor who is so unbelievably confident as you've just been describing, but they're by what like an acting teacher could say or a film critic or something, they're just not very good. Like they're a little bit dead behind the eyes or whatever. Or Absolutely. They're just, and they're still, they're still on set. They still book the job. And you think, do you would then attribute the fact that they were just so confident in the audition room that they're able to fool everyone? And it doesn't really matter that they they don't have an emotional depth because they, I, I have they've seen just got a self belief. Um, a confidence can definitely outweigh their abilities. Okay. I, I have seen it, but that person doesn't really stick around that long. Right. They, they might get one, two, three opportunities, uh-huh. but when somebody says, "Oh, do you have a demo reel? Let me see it," and, and then they finally see the work, and then it doesn't back it up. No. So, what did you do um, after you started acting, and you sort of blindly booked the first few jobs? Um, did you then start to investigate your craft and, and be like, oh shit, and you questioned yourself? Um, I think that I'm, I think a good actor should always question themselves mm. to never be content with the, the tools that they have, that there's always more, there's always more. Hence the anxiety that we're Absolutely. Yeah. And I asked myself, it's like Tom Cruise, mm. what else does he have to prove? Mm. I mean, he's done everything. Mm. But except when an Oscar, I guess. Yeah, but he—he, he, I don't know if that's even his goal. His, mm. I, I don't know because he still stays with the same wheelhouse. He yeah. knows what he's strong at. He's playing. He, he gives us action. Yeah. He he runs really well on camera. Yeah. Uh, he's got the mummy coming out. Yeah. Here, he's really good at doing him, but he still is always challenging himself, and that's what it is. I want to always be challenged. It's not about the awards and the accolades. I want the challenge. I love the longevity of work. The last mm-hmm. job that I had before um, Chicago yeah. Justice, I had done three or four, five, six films in between. But those are all like three weeks here, three yeah, weeks here. Yeah, yeah, um, which, uh, worked like on six. Six, yeah. and that was about six months. And yeah. so I want that all the time. Yeah, It's nice if you could work six months on, six months off. Yeah, that would see, be that the dream. Six months off, I, I got all kinds of crazy offers. Uh, they wanted me to do uh, some soap operas, straight offer. And just dates didn't work out. It's not really what I was looking for. Actually, this week I've got an, an audition for another soap. Um, but I like the longevity. Just, But something that still is challenging. Is it suffocating though? Because I've had that experience before being on a series and being a regular. And it's I couldn't wait to sort of get out of it. Because it was, it was really stifling. Did you have that at any point during six? Not on six, I didn't. Um, I, I don't think that I've ever been blessed with that problem. Okay. Um, so you'd been waiting for that for so long that you really Yeah, I mean the, the longest the longest I guess longevity I had was on 6 and then another TV show Dallas. Um, and I would still be working on either of those if I could. I mean 6 just got picked up for season 2. Uh, they're starting Vancouver. The writer strike didn't go through and so Yeah, just my this morning blew up this morning. So uh, you think there's a, that is that going to go ahead with you in it? Um I will have something there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that shoots in Vancouver. I'll have something, but it won't be still the longevity that I'm looking for. Right. Okay. Um, and that's what I was hoping for this pilot season is to find my own TV show. I wanna, yeah. I, I'm happy with top seven, top eight recurring, but of course you want to be number one. Right. Who does? What, when did you get, have you always had that competitive streak? Always. Has it wavered in the past? Like when you hit 30, did it waver? Well, that's who I was growing up was competitive. Um, only child? As a child, yeah. Oh, you, but you were an only child? Did you have no, siblings? No, I had a sibling. Okay. Um, I have a sister. 
Um, but I went from cross country, football, basketball, baseball, track, tennis, summer basketball. The only thing that I identified in life with was sports. Okay. And I was blessed that no matter what I put my hand to, I was good at it. And, mm -hmm. and I was successful at it. Went on to play college football and run track and basketball. And when I couldn't do that anymore, I didn't know what to do with myself. That's ended up being why I moved to Australia because I ended up uh, being kicked out of college because I did a Calvin Klein underwear ad and they didn't think that you're not supposed to be playing football and doing promotional stuff. Mm. It's pretty much what it came down to. And I thought my whole world was over because I couldn't play football. Wait, you were kicked out of college because you did a Calvin Klein ad? Mm -hmm. yeah. right. I, I lost my scholarship. They said oh, I could okay. continue to go to school there, but right. I had to be on disciplinary counseling probation. Interesting. Couldn't play football and couldn't run track. I was there on a scholarship. That's the only point I was there. I, just, right. I didn't have that direction. Yeah, okay. I wanted to play sports. I wasn't okay. thinking about my future. Yeah, right. Um, but I didn't know that this is one of the most competitive jobs in the world. I mean, even if I got second place in a track meet, I still got a silver medal or something. Yeah, in this yeah, job, yeah. you get a pat on the back and saying, better luck next time. Yep. And they always talk about booking rooms here. Even mm. if you didn't book the job, you booked the cash. It's like, oh, is that really? Because it's on a result. You didn't get any tan anything tangible. No. I've had that casting director. Oh, we were so close last time. Yeah. Let's book this one. Yeah. Like, yes, let's. Yeah. So. <laughs> Have you ever said something um, in a casting or audition situation? Um, which I guess could be construed as rude in hindsight, where you were like yes. really having a bad day and you just up and, you know, because for the first few years as an actor, it's like actors are just so polite to casting directors and they have the power and everything. They do. Did you notice that there was a, a moment for you that shifted or you just sort of put you, let your guard down and just told the casting director off? No, I've never told a casting director off. Ever. Okay. Ever. That's, that's career suicide. Okay. <laughs> no... What I have learned over the years is that casting directors are the most arrogant people. Yeah. I mean, if people think that actors are narcissists, casting directors are because they are the gatekeeper. Yeah. They are God. Yeah. I mean, they are what allows you to work or not work. And mm. I hate that they have that amount of power, but mm. they do. And mm. you have to. I mean, out of Texas, there's one major casting director. It's Beth Sepko. I've got 22 TV shows on my under my belt. She's half of them. And I've ticked off Beth Sepko before. Uh, things weren't going the way that I wanted to in Dallas. And mm. her job is to cater to the network, to cater to the show, Dallas. And just things weren't going the way that I wanted to. And I tried to play hardball with her. Good luck. I mean, what was the hardball that you're trying to? I, uh, I booked it out of Texas. Yeah. I'd only booked one episode. And writer chased me down at the end of the day. And she goes, I love what you did with your character. I want to bring you back for season three. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you no. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up moving out to Los Angeles. They ended up bringing back the character, but they wanted to book me as a local hire uh, out of Dallas. So therefore, they weren't going to pay for travel or for a place or per diem or nothing. It okay. was just show up on set. You get a paycheck. Right. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And so I ended up doing six episodes uh, under that contract. Uh -huh. And then I moved back to Los Angeles, and then they wanted to bring me back for an additional four episodes. And right. I said, look, guys, it's, it's pilot season. I, I'm in Los Angeles. If you want that, let's let's cushion this a little bit. Yeah. Let's pay Twice. for my ticket. Yeah, as you should Get be. me a hotel, yeah. a per diem. A, a rental car would be nice. I and mean, yeah. It's not a must. And I said, you know what? I'll settle for any two of the, the four. Okay. I was like, I don't need four out of four. Any two of the four. Give me right. a flight, a per diem, a hotel, something. Yeah. And the answer was no. And I, I tried to play hardball back. I was like, fine, they don't want me there, then I'm not going to show up. And so I had my agent calling me. I had the owner of the agency calling me. I, the casting director. Because they out. wanted, your agent wanted you to do it. Wanted me to do it. Of course, right. they want their 10% regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't get 10% of a Yeah, the per diem of the hotels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, the casting director said that she was never going to book me again. And I was like, that's not a good place to be in. I ended up doing the job. But the frustration capped when I'm on set. My character has to run through a fire. You did do the additional I ended, fall. I ended up doing the additional fall. Oh. Uh, I'm on set, and my character's running through a fire, and they brought in two stunt doubles, one from Atlanta, one from Los Angeles. Mm. They never even touched the set because the director's like, how do you feel about running through a fire? I was like, I can't wait to do it. I mean, that's why I do the job. It's yeah. Things you never get to do. Yeah. And so I wanted to. And so... These two guys they brought in were flown in, given a per diem, given a hotel, given a rental car, paid $1,000 a day to eat crafty on set. I'm the actor on set doing it, and I got none of those things. And, and that's because the stunt coordinator took care of his guys. Yeah. The casting director doesn't care. They just uh, need to save money on her side of yeah, things. I'm right. sure the, the stunt coordinator was given a budget, but I'm sure she's also given a budget. Her job's to come in way under budget. Yeah. And I think I went on about a year hiatus where she just didn't call me for anything and then something came up. She's like, hey Donnie, I need you to come in. So oh, I ended up okay. booking the next thing. So I've actually booked again with her, but I've seen both sides of the coin. Uh, Joe Mangianello, he was uh, somebody that was booked on six and they ended up having to recast him. Really? Um, with what? Walton Goggins. He got sick. He had oh, an autoimmune. Okay. Right. Um, thing and so health wise he they ended up having to recast him but i learned valuable things from him he worked on true blood and he was a guest star on there and he ended up playing hardball mm. to be a series regular now mm. his character was very popular on there they uh, still, yeah that launched they still wanted to in the bring him back as a guest star yeah. paying the i guess 7500 a week but he wanted the the series regular money mm. and um his agents told him said no and so he had uh i think it was aaron ball calling him directly saying, Alan Ball Alan Ball yeah. calling him directly and saying just cussed him out went and he's like no 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 I want to be a part of the show I swear and then uh, Alan ended up hanging up on him and he's just like oh my god and uh, he my doesn't know my mouth is open by the way for the people that are listening <laughs> but can't see yeah and so it came down to the very final I mean weeks go by he thinks that he's not going to have a job anymore yeah and he ended up becoming a series regular because he played hardball, said he wasn't going to come back unless he was a series regular. Okay. I say, and that is one of the very few cards of your convictions. I lottery guess. stories I've heard of actors. Yeah, because I've got a friend that's on six that is not a series regular. He's a guest star. He was on all eight episodes. They're coming back for season two. He's still going to be a guest star. Uh, the thing is, what if he said no? Yeah. What if he said no? They would probably replace him. It's just rolling the dice. Sometimes you have to. And and Joe Manganiello, he rolled the dice and he won. And look what has happened to his career since. Mm. Have you ever rolled the dice and lost? <laughs> I tried to roll the dice with Dallas and then yeah. my conviction wasn't strong enough, okay. obviously. Um, no. Have you ever regretted something? I mean, regret's a stupid question. I, I'm lucky you learn something from everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you, have you made mistakes that you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that at the time? <sighs> I, I have a... People ask me how I work so much, mm -hmm. and it's a simple answer is the hustle. Um, the way I learned how to be successful as a model is if I just had one agency, Dallas, I probably would have made 50 grand a year, mm -hmm. but I learned getting multiple agents gave me multiple opportunities, which ended up creating a higher YTD, year-to-date money you're going to make. Mm -hmm. And so at one point, I had 18 modeling agencies worldwide. My gosh. And I would get random phone calls from Germany. Hey, you got booked. I'm flying into Sydney. Hey, yeah. you got booked. Or South Africa, wherever I needed to travel. Yeah. And I was just busy. But it, it helped 
bottom line how much money you're making. So I've done the same thing acting-wise. Instead of just having one agent, mm -hmm. I've had eight agents. Now, I've heard... Currently, you have eight? I currently have eight agents, In yeah. different markets? All over the, the country. country. Yeah. Okay. LA, New York, Atlanta is the booming market. Right. If I didn't have Atlanta right now, I'd probably be even more bored than I am if I'm not working. Atlanta is who keeps me busy. And they're happy for you to be based in L.A.? They're perfectly fine with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because I've asked them, I said, should I be in Atlanta? And they're like, no, even if you were here, you'd still be taping auditions. In right. such a digital age, everything is done through taped auditions. Yeah. I've got a taped audition due now that I've got to send to Georgia. They probably send me two to three a week, wow. and then you add that on top of uh, what you get out of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But then I also have Dallas, Austin, New Orleans. I have an agent in Kansas City. People are like, why do you have an agent in Kansas City? I make about 10 grand a year through Kansas City. I'll go in and do two commercials a year. Actually, the, the Skype interview I have later is through out of Kansas. Really? Yeah. And so it's just when you create those multiple uh, opportunities as an actor, that's yeah. what you want. That's all you, you want. Does your manager, did they set that up or you just like, I'm I, just I personally did that. Yeah. And along the line. I would think that a manager might not want it that. It gets that in the way. I've lost two managers here in Los Angeles. I'm now on manager number oh, manager number four, actually. Okay. Um, and you ask about a mistake. Um, a mistake from my past, I tested for network for NCIS New Orleans, mm -hmm. and it didn't go my way. Lucas Black booked that. That's the third role I've lost to Lucas Black. Um, but I booked the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was doing really well with CBS, yeah. and they brought me in weekly trying to book a guest star wow. on NCIS New Orleans. And um, I don't think I was black or Asian enough for the first two roles. I wasn't gay enough for the third one. And mm -hmm. it's like, it was right there on the cusp. I mean, mm -hmm. I was there. My New Orleans agent sends me one audition for NCIS New Orleans. I taped it. It's like throwing a dart against a wall. Hopefully it sticks. Well, it stuck. Mm -hmm. My agent called and chewed me out. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I, what are you talking me about? Me manager called? Uh, my agent. The New Orleans one? Uh, no, my Lose LA. Lose. Oh, right. Okay. Because he's been trying to get me booked on NCIS New Orleans. And yeah. then out of New Orleans, I get this random casting. And yeah, one's a, a yeah. co-star, one's a guest star, and then they're series uh, okay. regular. Yeah. And the job paid 1100 a day, two, three days. Nothing really significant. Yay, I've got another credit. I don't need another credit. You you want the meat, yep. the job. Yep. And I took a job that I shouldn't have. And I told him, I said, look, I, we don't have to do this job. Tell him I've got laryngitis, yeah. tonsillitis, something. Yeah, yeah, that we, yeah. I don't need my agent mad at me. He's like, no, you've already been approved by network. You're going to go and do the job. And I was like, we don't have to. If you're going to be mad at me, we don't have to do this. He's like, go ahead and do the job. I did the job. Then... Two, three days later, my agent and manager dropped me at the same time. And I was just what? devastated. Isn't that like, it's just the irony that you're doing. You're I'm li trying literally work. a working actor and they fire you. But that's just because of the politics. So they just they, they had had it. enough. Okay. They said that was so one straw too much. I mean, I had done a job before up. that where I worked on My All-American with Aaron Eckhart. I'm number six, seven on the call sheet, mm -hmm. working for a month in Texas. Uh, I think I made 20 grand for the month or something, mm -hmm. but I booked it outside of them again. I booked it out of Austin, So Texas. does that mean they didn't get a commission? They, I think I paid my manager on that okay. one, but not the agent. I, right. I try to pay the manager for everything. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You have to pay everybody 10%. Yeah, it's a lot. There's no money Yeah, left. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've heard casting directors, no, if you have four agents, you should pay every agent 10% of every job. It's like, Uncle uh, Sam takes 35%. What are you left with? You're nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I've, I've done the math. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah. I can't pay for the gas to get to the next job. <laughs> yeah. That's and, when you need per diems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think I've paid out, the highest I've paid out is probably 
if I have to pay out three different entities, we try and work out some seven, seven, seven. seven that's what happens with Australian managers. And uh, managers, that yeah. that's perfectly fine. But um, that's the alarm. I regretted that at the time. And if you don't have an agent and a manager here in Los Angeles, then what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. This is a, a, a market that's hard to hustle in. Yeah. I mean, you can go do films at USC or mm -hmm. University of California, Santa Barbara or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Those exist. But that's not going to get you where you want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, ended up going back to Texas. I was like, I just don't know what to do. And great. How long? I was there two weeks. Ended oh. up booking series regular on uh, Queen of the South. Okay. Same casting director. Right. So she was never going to book me again. Yeah. Ends up booking me. Okay. And I ended up having uh, five, six episodes on Queen of the South. And... Then I just didn't hear anything anymore. I was supposed to keep going, and it's yeah. three episodes now film, and I'm not in any of them. I was like, "What happened?" I went up to the, I couldn't get an answer from the casting director or my agent, and um, I ended up walking up to set and found the executive producer, and I looked at him. His eyes just went to the floor, and I was like, "What's up?" And uh, he's like, "Come into my office," and I sit down in his office. He's like, I've "Got bad news." I'm like, "Obviously, I haven't been in the last three episodes." Mm. He said the first four episodes were sent off to network and they don't really care for the storyline as is because it was a dual storyline, past, present, past, present, past, present, okay. kept going back and forth. Right. And they just wanted something linear, yeah. past to present. Problem is, all my character stuff was in the present. Right. And so it's going to take about four years to get to that guy. Right. And so it wasn't just me. It was about 15 actors, about Whoa. a dozen actors that are just scrapped. But that's how I had to find out. I had to go up to set and find out. Yeah. And so I'm in the same place. I'm depressed again. It's like, golly. And so I ended up coming back out to Los Angeles. I was here about three, four weeks, ended up booking sex. And so it's like mm -hmm. these ups and downs. I mean, this business will kick you in the face, but mm. you just got to be resilient enough to keep getting up. Yeah, sure. Um, other than the multiple agents, any other hustling tips? Always keep learning. Okay. Always keep progressing I've, I've had a lot of actors well how do i if i can't afford classes what can i do and it's, you can it's, keep rehearsing and read books taped and, auditions yeah yeah uh I, you learn so much from doing taped auditions i would say 50 60 percent of my work right now is from taped auditions mm -hmm. um you can instantly see what you're doing right what you're doing wrong how you can tweak it what your weaknesses are i know what my weaknesses are and i'm I need to learn how to fix those. I am not emotionally in tune with myself. Uh, I had an agent like, can you cry on demand? I was like, I'm really good at faking it. I oh, am. Okay. I, I can fake it right. and give you something yeah. convincing. But I know me. My face, know, isn't, my face it. isn't leaking. Right. Uh, I, right. I'm not showing that. Uh, I, but again, I have tricks. I have, uh, you can stick... What is it? Uh, oh, vapor rub right, underneath right, your right, eyes. Right, right, right. Pull a nose hair or eat a yeah. hot pepper. I've tried everything. Okay. But how do you actually become emotionally in tune that you can... I mean, I've got friends, guys and girls, a lot of ex-girlfriends that can turn tears on. That yeah, fast. yeah, yeah. And they're not actors. And I... I that's so you're still working on that? That's something I'm still working on. Okay. Um, there was a scene that I had uh, taped audition. Started out real high. I'm joking, laughing, funny, cracking jokes. And then about halfway through, it gets serious, and mm. I have to break down because my brother's dying of leukemia, and, mm. and I'm trying to convince somebody to help me. And it's just like that transition. If I need to go top of the scene, and I can usually do it, but that transition on a four or five page. So you see your own weaknesses and mm. what you can. But it's good. It doesn't stop at. you from working. Um, 
So it's just like the tricks of work or serve you at least. Um, nearly wrapping up, has anyone ever just said that you're just really lucky to have worked with this consistently? Um, I had an agent that I had out of Florida once say, uh, she's like, I've never seen anybody do this. She's like, I've sent you four auditions and you booked four in a row. She goes, nobody's ever done that. She mm. goes, I think you're just really lucky. Mm. Um I'll take luck. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Oprah says is uh, luck is preparation meets opportunity. opportunity yeah. And so I, I feel like I was lucky to, I had a friend tell me in the past, he was one of my best friends in high school. He was the number one football player in the state of Texas that year. We won state my senior year and he had a full ride to his college. He's in jail right now. He had all the opportunity in the world. And I think he's serving a 10 year sentence for some idiotic thing like prescription drugs or some nonsense oh. theft but he was out one time and he just looked at me he's like man you're so lucky dog you're pretty that's why you, you everything's just handed to you and I was like but that's not the truth mm. I said when we graduated high school one of us had more opportunity than the other you yeah. had a full ride scholarship you were voted most highly most likely to succeed all these wow. things and I said God has given us all a tool yeah but what do we what do we do with this gift? And I said, I wouldn't have just become a model if I didn't pursue it. Yeah. You don't just get 18 agencies around the world. That, yeah. that takes some type of hustle. Yeah. You don't just have 102, three credits on IMDb. That, that takes hustle. It's mm -hmm. like, even if I'm not the most talented person in the world, I used what I had mm -hmm. and I exploited it. I mm -hmm. worked it to the best of my ability. And, and I think I have a lot more work to do. I, I'm never content. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, I don't know if I ever will be. I don't want to be content because you want to have that hunger. You want to have that fight that makes you want that next thing. Mm. Now, even if I have the, the financial security and I'm living in Beverly Hills and then I still ask myself, Tom Cruise, what yeah, else do yeah, you yeah. have to prove? Yeah, sure. I'm not content. I, I want to be doing this till the wheels fall off. I, I see a, a Clint Eastwood type of career. That's what yeah. I would like. I would like to go into writing, directing, never quit acting, yeah, uh, and just keep challenging myself, seeing what the limits are. Very cool. Uh, the running thought that I had throughout this whole conversation, which I didn't really have an opportunity to say, was just you remind me a lot of Matthew McConaughey, so that's like part of the, the Texan hustle, but it's all, all good stuff. Something I like about him, I, I've yeah. met, met the man, and uh, he's as genuine as he seems, and yeah. he's a hard worker. Yeah, yeah. He took what he had and yeah. he ran with it. yeah. And he's somebody I would have put in that other category. Plays himself really well. Uh -huh. Now he he's proved his He range. went on a two-year hiatus where yeah. he didn't work at all. Yeah. And he came back defining who he wanted to be. Yeah. And now he's that guy with that pretty little golden man in his hand. Yeah. And so he changed um, along the way. I respect the man. Yeah. Um, I think I feel I need I want. I feel I think I need I want. I feel happy. Good. Um, I think, I feel, I think I need, I want, I think that I need to hustle even more than I already have. <laughs> I need to hustle more than I already have. <laughs> I, I want to be the best man I can be. That's good. Nice. I, I want to be the best friend, best son, best brother, best uncle that I can be. 
be the best man I can be. Mm. Then everything else follows and it's nice. Good way to close this conversation. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you to Donnie for being my guest. And until next time.